It's time to go one-on-one with DP. Coming at you live from the Koppel Chevrolet GMC Studios, here is your host, Derek Pearson. Brought to you by Mary Ellen's Food for the Soul on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Happy Friday, everybody. Thanks for hanging out with us on a Friday. Lots going on here in Lincoln. Lots to talk about. 402-464-5685. Sarder Hammond text line. Honda Lincoln hotline if you have questions or input. We've got a special guest that will join us here in a moment. I want to thank you guys for hanging out. Again, the Sarder Hammond video stream is up. You can catch what's going on. Facebook, YouTube, Twitch. And now Twitter Live. Twitter Live, where you can see the show. Those two words we keep mentioning, Ticket TV. <laughs> the next greatest thing. Mark Onweiler, you had the look on your face. No, it's coming. I was just thinking we're going to be having some fun streaming some video later today, too. Yeah, Ticket TV. That's the plan, anyway. Yeah, weather permitting and uh, conditions permitting. We'll go down and do BP with DP. Got uh, you know Steve Taylor's coming down. Strick, of course, who was in the Marlins organization. Steve Taylor was drafted by the Yankees uh, to come down and take some hacks. Um, I will try to resist. Uh, I make zero promises. I make zero promises. The missus isn't in town, is she? She is. Not, I am uh, unsupervised. Yeah, that's that's bad. I am unsupervised, that's and for it you. is a problem. Yep. It is a problem. I'm telling you. Uh, super fan Jeremy is going to come down and take some hacks as well. Uh, so we'll have, uh, and I think Brent, Brent Banks from the football team is going to come down. And as he said, I'm I'm here just to beat up the cheap seats in the berm. He says I'm just I'm just here to hit bombs. And at six foot seven, three hundred and fifteen pounds, I you know, big Texas kid. He says he can swing it. So we'll see what kind yeah, of we'll see see what kind of rake he's got. But let on let's let's get to our guest straight from South Carolina and the new skipper. Of the Lincoln Salt Dogs. Let's bring in Brett Jody. Brett, how you doing this morning? Doing well, guys. How are y'all? We're good. We're good. See, oh, he went straight South Carolina on us. <laughs> oh, you went straight South Carolina. How y'all doing? That make look. That brings me home. Let's talk about it. Give the folks a little bit of the history. The, the kid from South Carolina who ends up in Lincoln, Nebraska. That's quite the tour. Um, let's start at home in your 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 career getting to college and uh, through Major League Baseball. Yeah, it's crazy, right? To end up in Lincoln, Nebraska, and have not spent too much time in the Midwest until the last two years, and, and very fortunate to be here and love this place. But uh, born and raised in South Carolina, and uh, stayed local. Went to the University of South Carolina. Uh, had some choices to go outside of the state, but wanted to wanted to kind of help get that program back to where it it, it could be, and and to help propel that. So, uh, and then you know, a little old boy from South Carolina, I got drafted by the Yankees in the sixth round, my junior year, which. That was a team, you know, not to go too much in depth, but that's a team that you just thought was kind of untouchable. You never really thought of coming from the South like that. You thought of, you know, maybe the Braves or, or you know, the Reds or whoever, but you never really thought of the Yankees. That seemed like a team that, like I said, that, you know, Babe Ruth and some of these other guys played for, but not some guy from South Carolina. So so that was a cool cool uh, experience to be drafted by them and, and uh, you know, went through their organization, up to the major leagues with them for a brief time and, was traded to the Padres, played with the San Diego for a little while, and then um, ever since then, pretty much, uh, I was I was collecting a couple shoulder surgeries along the way, and and the uh, career got cut a little bit short. But started getting into coaching, and I was in the Atlantic League for 15 or so years, and now uh, they turned into a Double A affiliate for the Yankees. So last year, I was 
looking for a place to uh, manage and and very fortunate that this job came available. I've always heard good things about Lincoln and, and the American Association, so something that I, I really uh, jumped at and got to know Charlie and, and Mr. Abel and, and their family, and it's been uh, it's been a pleasure working here. And so that's a, in a nutshell, short little story about, I guess, me and, and kind of my path as, as far as in baseball. Brett, give me a little, how much time have you spent in Lincoln? Again, you, you, know, you, you take the job and you go through the training, but then you hit the road. How much time have you actually spent here? Yeah, not a lot, really. I mean, last season, but you're on the road half the time, and and uh, you know, with these bus rides and and the travel and everything, everything's kind of a blur anyway. So you don't get too many days to actually experience Lincoln. When my family came out last year, that was when I probably did the most sightseeing or whatever. I tell everybody I'm pretty boring. Other than that, I really don't go anywhere. <laughs> I just kind of do my job, go to the field, and and try to win a ball game. But uh, so yeah, you're talking about you know a few months, I guess, is what I've actually been in Lincoln um, and tried to you know experience what it's about here. But like I said, the people the people are, are a lot are very similar to South Carolina, just as far as just being very nice. They love their sports, uh, love love Nebraska football, obviously, and and uh, and they like to drink some beer. So I mean, you can't you can't really go wrong there. <laughs> have you have you been by Memorial? Have you gone and done done the tour of the football stadium? I've not done the tour, but I did go to the Garth Brooks concert last year, so I was able to uh, to look around with that. But no, I didn't. I didn't do a tour. I, I did do a tour though of the, and I'm not sure what the name of it is, but where the the volleyball and gymnastics and all those things are. I did tour that facility, and man, it was amazing. That was that was something. Cause my daughter's a volleyball player. She's actually playing in Orlando right now in some big tournament. I think they're playing a team actually uh, from Nebraska here in a little while. So it's kind of funny. Um, but uh, but yeah, we toured that facility and it was it was unreal, man. It, it's it's interesting now because the game of baseball is in that place where uh, minor leagues are changing, uh, the major leagues inclusion and it, it, its investment in the minor leagues is is changing. From your perspective, as a guy that's been in you've been in and around major league baseball since you know for twenty twenty plus years. For you, are you happy with the way business is being done for minor league baseball in America? Simple answer: No, um, I don't. I don't like the way it, it's moving. Uh, and there's a lot of different directions we can go with this conversation. Um, obviously, I think there needs to be some improvements in the minor leagues, which I think they're taking the right steps for that, as far as treatment of the players, looking out for housing. Uh, maybe some decent meals to eat, things like that. Yep. So I do think they're looking out for that, and I, I think that's a good thing because that's – I mean, I can tell you stories about what I came through. It, You know, I came from SEC baseball in South Carolina, and it's probably a lot like, you know, Nebraska here. They treat you really well in the SEC. Yep. You, you go to the Yankees, which is a, you know, phenomenal organization, and it takes until you maybe get to AAA, definitely the big leagues, but it takes a long time before you actually see better treatment I'm not talking about like the coaches and stuff like that. I'm just talking about like food or taking care of you or getting the proper, uh, you know, whatever, good, you know, nice facilities, whatever. It takes a little while to get those things in minor league baseball. At least that's we're talking about twenty some years ago, you know. So obviously now it's improved. Um, so so those things are are getting better, and I think that's a good thing. Um, but some of the other things, you know, some of the analytical things, how that's moved or whatever, and, and I like the fact they're bringing in computerized equations to try to figure out who can play and who can't and stuff, but you also still need the baseball people involved. So I don't like some of those things. And then with the restructuring, 
you know, getting rid of some of the minor league teams, and then the draft is only twenty rounds now. There's there's a lot of movement, and then you throw throw COVID into the mix, and it's been a it's been a whirlwind of changes. Um, and it's it's uh, you know we're trying to navigate that landscape, and it affects us as well with with independent baseball and things like that. So it's it's tough. So there are some positives coming out of it. There are some negatives. Uh, I don't try to sit back and play armchair quarterback or critique much. I just you know I'm looking at it now because you asked me about it, but I really don't. You know, they're going to do what they want to do, and, and I'm going to you know try to make the best out of it as I can and, and keep it a positive. But, uh, you know, if you're asking my opinion, I don't like some of the movement that's going on, but but other things are, are okay. Talking to Brett Jody, skipper of the Lincoln Saw Dogs, and you're right, there's, there's so much behind it. You talked about the analytics, but for you, you're, for former players who – mentally never got to spend your 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 bank account right that you still physically you had the surgeries but mentally you still feel like you 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 had some left when you look at players and and specifically pitchers when you look at hitters do you look at them as a former player or are you looking at them as management from the man, management perspective well, I'd say both probably. You don't ever want to look at it and kind of compare like yourself to them or whatever. But through my life experiences, through my experiences on and off the field and, and through my encounters with a, a bunch of quality minds and coaches in the game, I mean, I've been around some of the best minds ever. Uh, you want to be able to share that knowledge with people. So you don't make it about yourself, but you look at somebody and maybe they're you know, going through, you know, what a mental issue or a, a physical issue or just, just not pitching well, performance type deal or learning a new pitch or, or a hitter struggling at the plate. I always say whatever separates these people, it, it comes down to the mentality. Uh, a lot of people can have success, you know, for a little while, but can you sustain it? Uh, and how do you weather the, the bad spells, right? Like how do you, how do you, how do you wear an O for 15 with, with 10 strikeouts in there and, and still come out to the park and, and you look like that confident guy, and and you're going to get it done that night. And that's that's the difference. That's what separates the big leaguers a lot of times. So I enjoy that part. I was a psychology major at South Carolina, and I really enjoy the mental part of it. And I enjoy I enjoy trying to be more well rounded. I'm not just X's and O's where we're hammering out baseball in there. I want somebody to come in my office and talk about some issues they may have at home, and I want to see if I can help them with those things. So. Um, and I've I've had those myself. So that's it's, I'm not just one dimensional. I try to be well-rounded where you really help develop these guys into great players, great people off the field, and just help them with any issues they may have on or off the field. And that's kind of what I take pride in doing. But uh, that's why I'm doing it. I feel like I have a lot to give in that sense. Uh, and like I said, God has blessed me with a lot of – lot of to be very fortunate to be around so many great minds and, and, and have great, great experiences myself and have success and have failure and have pain and have, you know, have it feeling good and stuff like that. So – I have all those things, so I can. I'm relatable, I guess, with these guys. And again, not to make it about me, and I don't talk about myself, but it gives me the knowledge and insight to be able to help these guys because I've felt what they've they're feeling now, or I've been through a lot of things they're they're going through. Um, and everybody's unique, and everybody has a different story, and you have to kind of meet them where they're at. You know, they're they're not quite ready, maybe sometimes to be where where you're at. So you got to go to their place and treat them as an individual because that's who they are, and and uh, handle them that way. And that's that's the fun part about it. I really enjoy that aspect of it. Coach, I'll, I'll ask the question because usually it helps me identify who, who, who coaches are. you spend more time on the good or on the bad? Yeah, I'm, I'm very positive. I like to focus on the positive. So 
whether whether there's some bad that's happening or whatever, we're still going to find the silver lining in that and and talk about the uh, the positive. And if there is something bad, we we try to make light of it a little bit. We we do need to you know talk about it so it doesn't happen again. But we kind of you know make fun of it or or make it a joke a little bit or, or have fun with it so uh, so they're not taking it so hard. I'm not I'm not in for somebody. You know, I don't want them to turn around, have their head down, and walk away. You want them to feel good about things. So. Uh, obviously, there's tough love, and you got to be honest. You can't just, you know, you know, act like it's a doggone carnival all the time. But so you need to tell them the truth, and they need to learn from their mistakes. But there's a way to approach it and talk about it where they still feel positive and still feel good about things when they walk away. And I always say that you need to let people walk away feeling good about some things. So you might give them a couple things to work on, but then you pump them up about uh, some things they did really well or some things you really like or whatever. So. I always try to play that, and you can read their body language and look in their eyes and stuff like that, and kind of see, you know, how they're accepting that information as well. And, and then you, you decide, to, you know, can you give more? Do you have to back off or whatever? So uh, that's something that I I enjoy as well. Coach, how do you deal with the the the, the injury situation? You guys, I mean, you've got it's tough being an independent. Um, you know, working with salary caps and budget issues, and trying to get the right players in, the right fit in, the right type of personality to, to fit into your family. Um, you've had some injuries on this on this up and down this roster. How are you getting through? I'll tell you what, it, it's a good question, and and it's independent baseball is one of the hardest things you'll ever do unless you experience it yourself. See, minor league baseball, major league baseball, yes, you, everybody's trying to win. But you have a farm system. You can pick up players. You have basically unlimited resources, so you can go out and do whatever you need to do or spend money on whoever, and and you have people in your organization. Independent baseball, you have the team you have, and you're really not – in this league, you're not allowed to have really over that amount. It's tough to kind of keep extra players around. Um, and, and, and so, you you know, how do you weather that storm when guys get hurt or picked up? Um, you know, and it's very tough. you got to constantly be looking for other players um, – you know, to, to, to fill in if, if there are injuries. But then what do you do with those injured people? You only got two DL spots. And, and like I said, some of the league rules make it kind of tough. And then, yeah, you're talking about a budget as well. Well, not to get into all the X's and O's of it because it gets kind of complicated, but if the guys aren't on the DL long enough, they still count towards your budget as well. Uh, so you're taking a, a hit on your on your salary cap. And, and by the way, the salary cap is not very high. Right. Uh, it's extremely low, and that's tough to get top-notch talent for you know not a lot of money uh so it, it's a uh it's you know it, it's an extremely tough job it really is i'm not saying that just because i'm doing it i just know it and i've lived it and i wish a lot of people could experience it to see you know how hard it is i remember i had a fan in somerset one time you know yell down there and 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 say brett you got to get this guy out of there man and i'm like and talking about a pitcher on there on the mound that's getting hit around a little bit and, right and I'm thinking to myself, he's right. Like, I want to, but I can't because I have nobody down there. I have zero people down there to, to pitch. And then, then he said, well, at least make a mound visit. And at the time, we weren't allowed to make mound visits in the Atlantic League. So I was like, he's right about that, too. So I'm sitting there laughing at the rail, like listening to this guy yelling at me behind me. And I'm like, he's exactly right, but I can't do anything about it. You know, so there's there's times that those things happen where – yeah, I know I need to make a pitch and mover. I know I need to get this guy out of the lineup, but I can't because we don't have anybody else. So it's a it's a never-ending process. It's, it's it's continual. Very rarely will you ever have the team exactly how you want it. And if you do, it only lasts for a day or two usually. Uh, like I said, I can count on one hand how many times I've had the team exactly how I want it in, in all my years of, of coaching. So it's the never-ending process. It's very tireless, and it, it's, uh, it's tough, but – 
it also makes it fun, especially if you're rewarded for it by winning some games or, or you know, accomplishing a playoff berth or, and obviously, you know, winning the entire thing. That it really comes to a climax then and it's all worth it. Uh, but that's tough. You know, you're talking about one out of 12 teams that actually are happy at the end because only one team's going to win the last game of the year. So, um, it's tough. Coach, it's, it's, it's interesting. I mean, through 35 games, you don't have any players who have played all your games. That's how much management you have to do. <laughs> that you there haven't you been able to put the yeah. same line. <laughs> any player in the lineup every day. That's, that's remarkable. Yeah, it, it, there's been a lot of changes already. And I, I've said I feel like we're you know 135 in right now uh, compared to last year. Even and I've, and I've had years like this. And I I told our assistant coaches last night. I'm like, it's going to be like this all year. This I've been I've been here. I've done this, and it's that's just how it's going to be. It's not like it's going to you know fix itself, and we're going to be fine the rest of the way. Like we're going to have to keep scrambling and keep keep making moves and doing what we have to do to make this thing work. And then our guys are working hard and we're trying to make that happen. And then our, and our players are playing through a lot of bumps and bruises and injuries. I mean, we, we have guys that you know can steal bases, but they can't run right now. And people don't know that either. Why are they jogging the first? Well, because that's all they could do right now, you know, right, right. Uh, but they're really good hitters. Like they got a chance to hit a home run at any time. So uh, it's been, it's been tough to navigate and, and the pitchers the same way. I think we got, we have maybe three college guys in the starting rotation right now that we just picked up recently. Uh, and I say college guys, I'm not saying that to make fun of it. They are, they are good quality arms that we're hoping might get drafted still coming up, and, and they're doing a great job for us. But that's just what we've had to do lately uh, to make up for some of these. I think we lost three or four arms last week. Um, so it, it's, been a, it's been a lot of making up and, and a lot of uh, learning on the fly, and, and we're trying to do the best we can. Coach, can you take us through? You guys just came off a three-game set on the road, and you get in late, and then you've got your, you know, another homestand sitting here waiting for you. From travel and meals and that sort of thing, give us. Can you give us a little bit of the last twelve hours for you guys? <laughs> so uh, we. <laughs> We we played a game last night, which was actually really quick because we didn't score. So we lost one nothing last <laughs> night, which wasn't you know what wasn't good. But on getaway day, if you're gonna if you're gonna get shut out, that's that's when you want to do it. It's on right. getaway day. So, right. um, and then after the game, I think last night we had you know we're in Sioux Falls. We have you know hamburgers, hot dogs, and French fries, which um, anybody knows is is a nutritious dinner for <laughs> for athlete. You know, so so we we have that. So we're. We're going on that, and we uh, we get in about two or two thirty in the morning, which is not bad at all. That's actually pretty early, and I was I was able to go to bed at four, and I got up at seven, so um, so I'm well rested this morning, and everything's good. And I'm actually doing some laundry right now, and I'm trying to watch my daughter on the baller TV, uh, play some volleyball, and uh, and I'm trying to find an outfielder at the same time. So, <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of what's going on. I haven't eaten breakfast yet. I probably won't eat my first meal until about one or so. Um, and that's uh, that's kind of just the last 12 hours, I guess. I might have given you more than that. I don't know. It all runs together, as you can see. Oh, no, Coach. That's, I was just thinking about it. I was just thinking about it. I've like, been around it long enough to go, this is not This is not a good stretch. Which is why, I, I truly, I wanted to say thank you for you making time this morning because I know you are just – dog tired uh, man no, no, actually you just kind of go on adrenaline and look when, when you get back home that's when you can kind of recharge the batteries a little bit you get in your own or your so-called own bed you eat a little bit better you get on on a better schedule but it's it is tough i mean the trip up to winnipeg took us 16 hours so we played a night game i don't remember what night i think it was thursday night here 
and we get on a bus. I think we left at eleven forty-five from from Haymarket Park, mm-hmm. and we got into um, Winnipeg. I want to say three thirty in the afternoon, For a seven and we play game. that night. Uh. So, and we're on a bus, and it's not a sleeper bus; it's a bus. It's a so. B- it's it's a regular bus, not a school bus. Now it's it's a it's a charter, but it's a bus, you know. And if you've been on one of those things, I'm sure you have. They're they're not great, but they are not fun, man. <laughs> but you know what? I mean, that just shows the resiliency of these guys. They they and you got to want it, man. You got to get after it. And you got to you got to embrace that too. That's you know one of my speeches at the beginning of the year. You got to not just enjoy the good times and when things are going great and things are easy, but you got to you got to find a way to enjoy that long bus ride and get out there and. Improve your manhood and go out there and get it done on the field, you know. So, uh, and the guys are used to that and they do that, but it's it's tough, you know. And the older I get, the tougher it gets. I mean, it used to be pretty easy. Now that's uh, my back's hurting. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's um, it, 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 there's some recovery re- required, and uh, that's right, that's right, I'm, that's right. I'm but little... it, it is fun, man. There are, you know, I'm painting this certain picture because you're asking those questions, and there's there's a lot of good things involved too, and a lot of memories in the locker room and all that stuff that we haven't got into. But there there's definitely some behind the scenes. It's it's a lot of tough things these guys have to go through for 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 a little bit, you know. For love of the game. For the love of the That's game. That's it. That is- and that chance, man, that opportunity, right? Everybody sees the guy on TV making millions. Well, there's that chance, and some of these guys are not far away from that, but it, it is a process, and it is tough. Man, it, it's different. Um, for the listeners who have not made it out to, to, to a Salt Dogs game, give them a couple of players that they can look forward to seeing if they come out this weekend. Uh, Josh Altman's a guy that, that's very exciting. Uh, he, he led our team last year with 29 home runs, um, plays a, plays a good middle infield, um, played in the Rangers organization. He's a lot of fun to watch. Um, re- really our lineup title, Randy Norris is a guy that it's high, you know, high energy and, and, uh, one of our outfielders, he, he leads off a lot of times for us and has been doing a good job for us. Um, Ryan Long, he, he, he can hit a home run at any time. Uh, so that's, that's some of our, you know, hitters and stuff. And, and, uh, and obviously a lot of the guys bring, bring high energy and just, just really care. Uh, love the fans, love the, love the team, love the, uh, organization. Just, just want to go out there and put on a good show for everybody and win, win ball games. And then Stefan Moore is a guy that, uh, is a reliever for us. And man, he's, he's been dominant. He's, he gets it up to 97 miles an hour from the left side. Uh, we're hoping he gets, you know, gets a chance to get back to affiliated pretty soon, which he's been getting some attention. So hopefully he gets, uh, gets a chance at that. Uh, and then Kyle Kenman, the guy that's been with us for a few years, local guy from Omaha. Uh, he's, he's starting tonight. He's on the Hill and, uh, man, he's, he's, I think he was, I know he's pitcher of the month last year. I don't know if he was pitcher of the year or what, but he, uh, he led the league in ERA, I believe. And, and, uh, looking, looking, you know, for him to give us a good, good chance tonight to uh, win the ball game. So he's always fun to watch. So yeah, there's, there's a lot of good things, a lot of fun things. You never know what's going to happen out there either. You know, it's it's exciting. And, heck, I'm excited about watching you guys take some BP today, man. I hear some of these resumes. I may be trying to sign some of you guys. Hey, uh, Steve Taylor and Strick. Uh, Strick can still – I know he can go yard from the left-hand side. Taylor was drafted by the Yankees. Uh, yeah, and, you know, me – 40 years ago uh we could have talked we could have talked about it before all the pins and screws took place coach so when will you make a decision on whether you guys are going to take bp because the the the, the thunderstorms kind of came in and they said there may be some more how do you make that how and when will you make that decision 
Yeah, I, I, I stay in touch with Kyle Truitt, our, our head groundskeeper, and, and this uh, I look at the radar as well, and we kind of come up with a game plan, and it's always on until it's not. So okay, uh, we'll okay. plan and, and move forward like we're going to do it. I've already announced to the whole team that we're going to do it, and we're excited to, to, to see you guys out there and take some BP with you guys and, and, and cut up with y'all. So uh, looking forward to it. So, yeah, it's on until it's not. And uh, one thing I've noticed, though, about this, you're not having too much time in this Midwest, but, man, this weather's been crazy this year. Yep. Uh, I think we finished the game the other night. Last pitch was thrown. We're walking off the field, and the tornado sirens go off, and half the team's looking at me like, well, what is that noise? I'm, I think that's a tornado siren. So, Time to go. Uh, not to laugh at it. It's not funny, but it's just the, the weather's been really crazy. A lot of a lot of thunderstorms. We had hail on the field the other day, and, um, you know, it, it's been crazy. So uh, so nothing surprises me, but but hopefully we can get it in and everything's uh, everything's fine. And, 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 like I said, we definitely look forward to it. 7 o'clock first pitch down at Haymarket Park. Coach, thank you, kind sir. We'll see you around for this this afternoon. Sounds good. Look forward to it, guys. All right. Good stuff from Brett Jody. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be fun. It'll be fun. I'm going to try to resist, Mark. I, I make no promises, though. Cause my, you really my should inner, make that promise. My inner 12-year-old is just like, no, you, 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 you got to go. Yeah, but as Rico likes to say, you're more machine than man at this point. Yeah, yeah. So I'm pretty sure Becky will call me at like 3.50 <laughs> and just – Just give you that last reminder. Well, what she's going to do is she'll send me a video of them with my bicep open. Yeah, right. <laughs> and then with the two splintered ligaments – out pulled out uh just to remind me of how much i went through just to get back to pseudo normal yeah. uh you can keep that video to yourself by the way i don't, I, I don't need to. <laughs> she keeps it on her phone it's like she's got it ready she's like yeah just so you know and oh by the way she goes i've got pictures of you uh from your spinal fusion surgery so you know she's prepared she's prepared <laughs> Good. she knows Good. her husband he's a bit of an idiot and uh yeah, he'll have to be talked off the ledge. So we'll throw it to break. Good stuff from Brett Jody from the Lincoln Salt Dogs. More one on one when we come back. Download our app by searching 93.7 The Ticket in your app store. You're listening to One on One with DP on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Guys, are you worried that you're losing your hair? Do you look in the mirror and see less hair looking back at you? Maybe you're thinking, it's cool, I'll shave it. Or I'll just wear a hat from now on. Or maybe even, I'll just break the bank to get plugs. But before you shave, hide, or replace your hair, have you thought about regrowing it? Because there are effective, FDA-approved treatments that work. One is a prescription clinically proven to prevent further loss. The other is clinically proven to regrow your hair in two to four months. And both are available from Roman for just a dollar a day. Just complete a free online visit. Roman connects you to a U.S. licensed healthcare professional who will work with you to find the best treatment plan. Then Roman sends everything you need right to your door with free shipping and indiscreet packaging. Not just once, but every month. So guys, are you Roman ready for a thicker, fuller head of hair? Go to roco slash regrow. Do it today, and Roman will give you 20% off your first order. That's ro.co slash regrow. 